Hello out there, ladies. It's Rochelle with another episode of Unabashed You, where we as women get to talk about stuff. Unabashed You is women talking about stuff. It's a place where we can be uniquely ourselves without apology. We want to be wise, to know our worth, and to enjoy whimsy. Today's guest, Lisa, is most definitely a force to be reckoned with. She is already unapologetically herself, and that's one of the things I love about her. She is a living miracle with a dream yet to be fulfilled that she shares with us. She's eager to see it take shape. Ladies, I want to welcome you to the show on Abashed You. And I also want to welcome today's guest, Lisa, who is one of the most remarkable women I have ever met. She has a very strong faith. She has a heart for people. She loves life and she loves fiercely. And that's one of my favorite words lately is, is fiercely. There's just something about that that's unparalleled. She she checks off all those boxes and more. She is a, a good friend to those who call her friend. She cares about those people that she doesn't know necessarily, but she has a heart of compassion and empathy. And what she does and who she is matters greatly to her. And that really, to me, is one of the best things I could say about anybody is that she's living intentionally. Welcome to the show, Lisa. Wow. <laughs> that was beautiful. Okay, the end. We don't need to do any more. <laughs> oh, Rochelle, thank you. That was so beautiful. You made me cry. Well, it's um, all true. It's all true. So now we're going to get to know you a little bit. What three words would you use to describe yourself? Well, I'd say the first one is lovable. Love, love is really kind of my, um, you know, I feel love is like really who I am, you know, a really loving person and um, nurture. And um, I would say the third thing is, is um, just trying to connect with, connect, connect with people on any level I can to make a difference. I can see that. I totally can see all three of those words and of course many more, but yes, that you have a very deep seated desire and passion to connect. And that, that is one of the things that is so inspiring about you. And uh, it's a gift really. I mean, not everybody has that drive, but you do. So what would be one of your favorite books of all time? Uh, it could have been from when you were a kid or, you know, something now you've read lately that just uh, you think about kind of helps make you you. I'd say the first book that really kind of transformed me during my journey and my process um, 
with myself and with God really was fearless um, because Ooh. fearless by Max, you know, Lucado is just a great, great book. And it, it helped, I, you know, we can either act from fear or love and, and it helped me put a really great perspective on living in fear versus living in love. And so that was huge for me. That was I, really beautiful. I have not read that book. I'll have to add that to my list. I do his morning yeah. devotion, Grace for the Moment, but I've not read that. That sounds like a wonderful recommendation. Thank you for that. Now, who would you want to have a long, lingering lunch with? This is somebody you could, <laughs> that you could really get to know. You know, maybe you know them already. Maybe you don't. Maybe you've always wished you could meet them and kind of pick their brain and just spend some time getting to know them and have them getting to know you. Who would that be? Well, you know, I could say um, Mother Teresa. I could say Gandhi. But what really comes to mind is... Uh, Michael Jordan. <laughs> wow. Now that's a, that's out of left field for me. Okay, Michael Jordan. Now tell me why, other than the fact that he's an accomplished, beautiful black man, why why are you choosing Michael Jordan? Well, we just, uh, my son and my husband and I just finished watching um, his whole retrospective of his life. Um, I forgot the name of it, but it was a documentary and it was so good. It, it started with him when he was younger and to, to who he was today. And, you know, I, I keep using that word fearless. He was fearless and mm. he never got stressed out, um, you know, in the final moment of, of what he had to do. He was so focused and so zoomed in on what his intent was. Mm. And that is kind of how I tried to, to live my life. You know, I have a reason for being here. I know what my reason is. I know what my purpose is. And he is he is an incredible warrior, mm. just a warrior. And so I, I really feel that um, I'm a warrior, and I just can relate to him so, so much. And he never gave up. Oh. He never gave up, no matter what his circumstances were, with his father getting killed, um, you know, people dying around him, him getting sick, he, you know, he'd have 103 temperature and still go on the court and, mm -hmm. you know, shoot 75 points. So that, that was just something I've, I've been thinking about, you know, what does it take to be a warrior in today's times? What does it take to be a warrior in your process and what you're doing? Right. And it's really important to rise above your circumstances and move forward. You know, don't think about yesterday. Think about today and tomorrow, what you can do and how you can, you know, make a difference and glorify God that way. Well, it's interesting because as you've explained your reasons why you chose Michael Jordan, I see some absolutely um, incredible parallels between you and how you are describing him. So I think you've got a little bit of Michael Jordan in you already, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. I still laugh at that, but thank you. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it truly um, genius and um, no fear. Oh, no fear. Love it. As uh, okay, uh, two truths and a lie. So this is where you say three things about yourself. Two of the things are true. One isn't true, and you can put them in whichever order you like. And then 
I get the task of choosing what I think the lie is. So three things okay. about yourself. And they can be simple. That this choose doesn't yeah, okay. this doesn't have to I be complicated. Yes. Okay, good. Then um, you're ready. Let's see. Um Okay, um I've had dinner at Frank Sinatra's house on Christmas Eve. Um I was a top fashion model. And um, I was bald once. <laughs> okay, let's think about that. Okay, now I know you grew up in the desert area. So mm -hmm. the Palm Springs, Palm Desert area. So I could totally see you having uh, dinner with Frank Sinatra. The middle one was a top fashion model. I can totally see that. I've seen pictures of you, not just now, and you're beautiful, but pictures of, uh, you know, in your younger times when perhaps you could have devoted time to being a model. And then um, the being bald, I think we just recently, <laughs> we just recently learned, I just recently learned just today before this official part of the podcast that and we're going to be getting into the, this very soon, but that, yes, you, you were bald at one point. And um, I, I never knew it. And in all those times that I saw you, never, ever knew it. But, you know, and we'll, we'll get more into that. But, wow, so did I get that one right? Did I get that yes. right? Okay. Yes. I, I couldn't be a top fashion model. I was too short. I was only 5'8", so I did bathing suits and wedding gowns on the runway, but that was it. <laughs> Well, that counts. That counts. Okay, so tell us about dinner at Frank Sinatra's house. Well, you know, I was dating someone who um, was an actor and who was a son of a very famous actor who was really close with Sinatra. And one of my best friends was also close with Sinatra because her father was his road manager. And so he called me up over Christmas and just said, I'm in town. Do you want to go? to Sinatra's for dinner for Christmas Eve. And I was like, oh my gosh, wait, let me ask my mom. <laughs> and so I, you know, I asked my mom, is it okay? I was, I mean, I was young, but uh, anyway, so I asked her if it was okay. And she said, yes, and of course. And so I went to Sinatra's for dinner and it was a very intimate Christmas Eve dinner. And there was a piano there and you know, I'm so brazen. I just, you know, my mom used to say, you never think before you talk. But I went up to him <laughs> and I said, can we play some Christmas carols? You know, can you sing a Christmas carol with us? And he just looked at me and he said, no. Oh, <laughs> you know, he just was like, no. really? And so his wife did not like that very much. So needless to say, I was never invited back. <laughs> oh my gosh, I thought it was going to end with, well, yes, of course, honey, come on, let's go let's oh, sing a Christmas carol. Me too, me too. I was so, I love Sinatra, and, you know, my family listened to him, I was like, I've seen him in concerts many times. I loved him, I adore him, and um, for him, I heard he was really moody, and he was definitely moody that night. I really thought we were going to sit around, <laughs> have champagne and caviar, and Sing Christmas carols, you know? I mean, that's what you think your dream would be. That would be my dream with him. But it, did, it just didn't work out that way. Oh, that's a disappointment. Oh, it was. Oh, it gosh. Was. Yeah, it was. Oh. 
Okay. Um, what? Well, I, I think as women, I, I really believe we struggle with worth. I think this is just, I, I don't know if it's universal, but it's certainly, uh, you know, a huge portion of the population of women struggles with worth. Yes. How do you counteract some of the mixed messages that we receive as women about our worth? Well, you know, I mean, this is something I've, I've had to address in my life very intensely, you know, because, and I, you and I have talked about this before, but I had to really address it because I was diagnosed with stage four cancer, breast cancer returned six years ago. And, you know, I don't know if you've ever seen that movie, All About Eve, where she, Betty Davis says, fasten your seatbelts, we're in for a bumpy ride. Yes. You know, that's exactly what I said when they told me I had stage four and it was throughout my whole body. And I, I was like, oh my gosh. And um, my mom, you know, said to me, you're going to be a miracle. You are going to be a disciple of Jesus and you're going to go teach and connect with people because of you, you being a miracle. So basically, just to give a kind of a nutshell uh, description, they gave me two years to live, and it's been six years. Wow. So in that process, you know, it really, it, it was a divine miracle from, from, from God. I definitely, definitely without a doubt, wouldn't be sitting here if, you know, I wasn't a miracle from God. And it really is me stepping into it. Right. So through that, you start to discern, well, what's my self-worth? Am I worth saving? Uh, you know? And if you really have to dig deep and align yourself with a relationship with him, and it's not easy. It's a process. It's something that, you know, you go up and down. It's like a, a chart, you know? And so I kept asking myself, am I worth saving? Why, why me? And... Why did someone else just recently die, you know, after two years of the same thing I had? Right. Why did someone else I knew die with the same thing I had? So there's that guilt survival too, you know, kind of post-traumatic as well. But through really focusing on what is my self-worth? What do I have to contribute? How can I make a difference? And by our definition, we are nesters, we are mothers, we are, you know, healers, we are psychologists, we're chauffeurs, we're all these things to our children, we're, you know, we're everything to our husband, we lift them up, we support them, we love our children, we interface with them on a day-to-day -day basis. And I just go, well, that's just not enough. You know, what, what am I going to do? What am I going to do with me? with what I have, with what has been given me, the circumstances, you know, because a lot of all my life has been the way I looked, you know, it was always the way I looked. Oh, you're so pretty. Oh, you're so this. So I didn't develop the muscles of, you know, not till later on of my mind and my self-esteem. Right. So does that make sense? Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so through that process, um, and that relationship with God, you know, he basically told me, 
I want you to go out and glorify me in sharing with people that you're a miracle. I don't care who you say it to. I don't care if it's a stranger. I don't care if they know your name. But I, every person you meet, you have to share your story. And, you know, that that's where fearlessness comes in and that's where love comes in. And so I just really worked on myself. I spent a lot of time alone. I spent a lot of time in prayer. I journaled a lot. I really uncovered all of the dark secrets inside myself, the darkness in myself. And, you know, you talk about how women apologize well for themselves. I never apologize for myself. I might <laughs> alienate people because of that, but I never apologize for myself. If I, if I do something that's not, that hurts someone, that's a totally different thing. Right. But I will not apologize for who God has created and who yeah. I become as a woman. Exactly. So, Exactly. So that's um, what I do. So like probably two or three times a week, I can run into someone and share my story and then they share their story. And by the time we finish, they're, we're both crying and hugging each other. And that happens to strangers on the street. It happens to people I haven't seen in a long time. Um, and so I just try and make a difference and really connect with people that way. And through that process and don't, and don't get me wrong, there are days when I do have, of course, dark days. Oh, yeah. You know? And I think about death, and I think about that. But then I just really go back to why I'm here, what does he want from me, and my relationship with him. Right. Okay, well, let's keep going in on this topic then, because we're, we're in it so well. Your, your dream, as you've d expressed, is to use your voice and the fact that you are a miracle and the commitment that has um, a, a sort of risen up out of this. So what can, can do you want to share a little bit more about that or, or tell me about tell us about your the dream you had? Are you ready to yeah. talk about that? Yes, yes. Um you know, well, even the doctors just going to the oncologist yesterday, you know, she's like, you are my greatest patient because you're like, you know, doing so well. And I'm like, oh, okay, that's because of God, you know, <laughs> so it's not because of you. But it's also, you know, we have free will, as you know, and God can't move a parked car. And so I try and do everything I can to take care of myself stay close to him in a relationship and for people to really see Jesus in me, you know, that's what I try to do. So, um, when I first got diagnosed, of course I was so afraid, right? I was so afraid. And I, I had a relationship with God then and I was brought up a Roman Catholic and I, you know, and everything, but then my relationship and I had, <clears throat> difficulties through my marriage. You know, my marriage is a miracle. My children are miracles. Um, and I had a lot of difficulties. Um, and it's almost like God just took my house, my foundation, and just broke it and said, no, we need to really build this a strong foundation. And he surrounded me with people like you, people that were amazing. And 
Oh, thank you. Thank you. So through that, you know, I learned so much about why we're here, you know, why I'm here. What are we trying to do while we're here? Right. And I think if you if you wake up with that purpose of okay, today I'm gonna to touch someone, I'm gonna I'm gonna make a difference in someone's life today. I don't know who it is gonna be, Lord, but I'm gonna have the nerve to share my story. And it he gives me the courage to do that. But when I first got diagnosed, um I I was really frightened and a wonderful group of women, you know, as you know, came to me and prayed over me. Um, I had a fractured hip and, um, that was the, the first discovery that it was stage four and everyone prayed over me and I went to get the radiation done and there was no fracture. Wow. I mean, seriously, it's, it's unbelievable. And I still did the radiation, but so when it would first happen, I had a vision, um, where my husband and I were in La on these huge rocks and there were these huge, huge white tidal waves. I mean, it was like a tsunami. And, um, Jesus stood right in front of a beach house. He was dry (laughs) in front of the beach house. And I was on the rocks. This isn't the way to get, I was on the rocks with my husband holding on to him, scared to death that we were going to die. And he just looked at me and he said, you will be fine. You will be okay. Remember this. And that was my first visitation. That was my first realization that I was going to be okay. And then surrounding myself with people is really important that I surround myself with people that fill my love cup up. Right. And not empty and not empty it. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I just said, okay, I never said, why me? Never go down that rabbit hole for anything. Never say, why me? Because as women, we always go, oh, why is this happening to me? Or why, why me? Or whatever. I never even went there because I knew that I would never be able to get out of it. Right. So, and so I just fought and fought and I made a commitment to God. I said, if you let me raise my grandchildren, I will do everything I can yes. to glorify to glorify you and to commit to you. And I and I I have that is I'm not grandchildren yet, but right, right. <laughs> and that's beautiful, not just in the telling, it's it's what you're actually living and I uh, very much appreciate how safe you feel to really share your heart because not everybody would feel that safe to do that and the willingness to be vulnerable and what goes with that. And really that's what this is all about, uh, providing a safe space and place for women to really be themselves. Yes. So to what are authentic self yes, yes, and to be yes, truthful yes. to what that is for you and what your calling is. I mean, look at you, look what you're doing, look how you're making a difference every day in doing your podcast. And it's like you 
had it on your heart to do that. God put it on your heart to do it. And everything else fell into place. Circumstances preceded it that, you know, blew you away and hurt you. But it's so funny how the circumstances become gifts and blessings when you actually take the time to look back. And so that's what's happened to me, um, even though I have stage four and I had to manage it and it's, it is what it is. Um, the gifts and the blessings that have come out of it, you know, you know, as well as for you doing the podcast and touching women's lives. I mean, you know, women have, are so talented and creative and beautiful in every shape and size and there's so much to give. But a lot of times, like the way you said it, they don't make themselves vulnerable. Right. And I have a I have a strength to be able to look at someone and discern very quickly how they operate, where they're coming from, if they're coming from fear, are they coming from love, you know? And what are their blocks? Well, that's a gift too. That's discernment. Exactly. Exactly. And I love that. I love that. Right. So you have this dream... Jesus has told you you're going to be okay, whatever that looks like. Six years later, you're still here, which is uh-huh. a living, walking, breathing, heart-beating miracle. Yes, it is. So what this dream that you have to use your voice and to use your experience, how are you wanting to make that manifest that what does that possibly look like what what's that what are the next steps or is this the million dollar question this is the million dollar question because i i know there's so many different avenues and you know i'm such a feeling kinesthetic type person that needs to touch and feel and and connect with people and um I don't know if the social media, you know, is the right form. You know, I talked about that. Mm-hmm. Um, I do. I also do, per, you know, personal coaching and, and spiritual coaching and life coaching. But I would like to reach a larger base of women mm-hmm. to dare to be themselves Amen. and to to not live in fear and to have that self worth not coming from their job, not coming from the car they drive or what they look like or how much money they make. There's always going to be someone else that has more than you have. And, and um, But you are a unique individual. You, you know, have been created by God and everything about you is so unique, you know. And we all are unique individuals. And so I really would like to you know, possibly get a forum together um, to do that, to speak to women. You know, maybe I could start in small groups and then expand. Um, but That's I a think great that idea. It's, it's a necessary message. And, you know, it's not just a message about, you know, me being a miracle, which is, you know, pretty, pretty incredible because I didn't even know what miracles were until, you know, <laughs> I mean, I really didn't. Honestly, you know, did you believe in miracle? Oh, is it my, you know, I'm a walking, breathing miracle, but only because I've experienced it now. And I think that we're all miracles in different ways. Right. And um, 
I would love to speak to women on that and that we're all so unique and, and really dive into um, who they are and, you know, how they're living their life. Because a lot of them are just chasing their tails, you know. Would this possibly be like a workshop? So I'm, I'm kind of like letting, yeah, I'm letting my imagination go. And so I see you speaking and then I see possibly an interactive component where women are diving a little bit deeper within themselves, being guided by you to come to a different understanding or a better understanding about themselves. Yes. And it doesn't, you know, and it doesn't, you know, you don't have to be a believer or not. I mean, you know, I, I would love to, you know, I just even hope today, I pray today that, you know, one person heard this uh, podcast today and just thought about what I'm saying um, would be incredible. If it was mm -hmm. just one person. Um, yeah, I think that I'd have to partner up with someone to do that with because just because of me managing you know, what I have to manage with my health, it would probably, I, I don't think I could do it by myself. So if there's anyone out there that wants to partner with me, I quit a <laughs> workshop, I think it would be phenomenal. <laughs> well, yeah, that's food for thought for sure. Yeah. No, I think you, I think you nailed it. I think, I think that's, I think that would be perfect. And it could start in small, a small group out of my home, you know, or wherever. But I think it's, it's really important to, come from love and not from fear. I know when I come from fear and I, the things I say or the judgments, you know, women have a tendency to judge other women the minute they walk into a room. It's our knee-jerk reaction. And I was guilty of that for a very long time until, you know, I had the wake-up call, you know, with my relationship with God and really tried to center my life around that. And I'm so much more joyful because of that, you know, um, because I don't feel the need to judge or to criticize and to react to other people's stuff. Yeah, you just entering a space being yourself and letting them do the same. There's so much more that we can uh, connect on if that's how we, if that's how we're, if that's how we are, if that's who we are. Mm -hmm. What's one of the wisest things anyone ever said to you? It sounds like you have a lot of wisdom through through this experience that, that, boy, it's more than an experience, Lisa. I mean, it's your life. It's your life. You are really living a very um, intense life right now and um can you think of uh, they're probably you could you alone could probably write a book about all these wise things but can you think of something that is wise that you can share with the rest of us that we might be able to like a takeaway you yeah take sure takeaway take a quote um, uh philosophy well i think the most important thing that you could do for yourself for anything is never let someone else define your life. Mm. No, don't ever let any doctors tried to tell me I had two years to live, and I said, I am not in agreement with that. And I, <laughs> I, love I am it. not in agreement with that. And my mother, you know, God rest her soul, she was this amazing 
I, I always thought she was a saint. And she was a Roman Catholic, very Catholic. And, um, you know, we shared a lot of spiritual books together and a lot of prayers together. And, um, you know, she said to me when I was probably my lowest of low, she, she was the one that I said in the beginning. And she said it twice to me. It wasn't just once. Now, this is a woman who was in her 80s, and she died a, you know, about six months later. But she said to me, she said, don't be afraid. She said, you are going to be a miracle. And she said, you will then help other people and you will then become a disciple of Christ. And I was like, what? Mom, <laughs> I mean, this is a woman that, that is a nurse. You know, she's a healer herself and never prophet. You know, if you know about prophecy, never prophesized over anyone. Right. So and this, so this was a new was thing. my mother. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so then she said it again before she passed away. And so I hold on to that when I get, when I feel vulnerable or when the doctors try and tell me, you know, you're going to end up in that room where all the other cancer patients are with IVs going through your arms. And I said, no, I'm not. I said, and I rebuked that in the name of Jesus. I said, no, I'm not. And I said, please stop. I said, please stop saying that, you know, and anytime, you know, I, I was, I, when I get good news, I always say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. You know, because, and my doctor's like, yes, thank you, God. And she like is in agreement with me and I, and I have to keep her on track, you know? <laughs> um, so, so I don't, I tell people, don't let anyone, doctors, um, teachers, you know, you know, like telling you, you're, you're, the teachers are telling the parents what to do with their kids at kindergarten. They should be knowing how to get on Zoom. I'm like, why are you letting the teachers define what, to give stress to your kid that at five years old, they have to learn how to get on Zoom and do all these modules and, and use the computer at five years old and the stress it's causing them. I said, don't let them define it. You're the parent. You are the leader. You're covering your child. So um, the biggest, and so I just say, don't let doctors define you. Don't let people define you. Don't let your husband define you. You are defined by who you are and that God created you. He knows every hair on your head. He knows everything about you and he has a plan for you. And so that's been my biggest uh, strength, my really, that I I buck the system. I don't, I do not take anything for granted and say, oh, you're right. See, when people are told something, they go, wow, well, you have a white coat on and, you know, you're, you, you went to school and all this stuff. They, they don't know anything. It's a guessing game. So why would I listen to someone that says to me, you have two years to live and I've lived six years? And so I, I don't mm. let them define me at any point. And, I, and I've been like that all my life. I always kind of go into, I'm not black and white. I always go kind of gray in the gray, gray area, <laughs> you know. And some people would call me a rebel, but I, I'm, I'm a warrior. I'm not a, really a rebel, I guess in some ways. Maybe. Oh, I like that. I like that, a warrior as opposed to being a rebel. Oh, I love that. That's just the imagery of that. Because it's not just rebelling for rebelling's sake. Warrior implies that you are protecting something and you are 
fighting for something. I like yes. that. That's, That's really... exactly it, Michelle. That's exactly it. You're fighting for something. Yes. We all need to fight for something. You're fighting to let women, uh, you know, hear their voice. You're being that vehicle. That's an amazing thing. That is a gift from God for sure. And you've always been so good at that. I believe that. It's true. Thank you. All right. Tell me the last fun thing you did. Mm. Boogie boarding in the shores. Oh. My kids, my kids <laughs> couldn't believe that I got my hair wet and I went in and I boogie boarded. Oh, I love that. And I, and I got the first wave that took me all the way to the shores. I love that. I yeah, love that boogie boarding. It's so fun. It's like an e-ride for sure from Disneyland. Yes, sure. and it just makes you laugh and you feel young and the water feels so good. Uh, was this recently when the water was warmer or when it's been yes, cold? Yes, it was, I think it was like uh, after 4th of July, we all went to the beach okay. and, and uh, we did that. And they were like, Mom, I can't believe you're doing that. And, you know, my kids are so great because they... They spur me on, you know, they just spur me on so much, you know, they're amazing. So I keep them very close to me. Well, they're gifts as well. They're amazing gifts. And they're advocates they're... and very protective of you, which is really beautiful at their young ages to have enough awareness of, you know, what's going on to love you in that way. Yeah, and you know the great thing too is, um, you know, when you, you your kids go to college, there's so much adversity and so much, you know, difficulty. You know, walking your faith out and, and being a believer. You know, you're a minority, and so when my daughter went to college, you know, she, you know, would share with people her faith, and the reason her faith is so strong is because my mom's a miracle, and she would share that, and that would become where they would, her friends would start texting me and calling me and saying, we pray for me, we pray for me, for this, for that. And, you know, it was just amazing. And also we would sit in prayer when I'd go to her house, you know, with her friends and pray over them and stuff like that. So, you know, it's great to see what they're learning from me, even though I'm, you know, older now. It's like I think I have more to to give to them, more wisdom to give to them because of my relationship with God. Well, and how wonderful that you've been given that opportunity and that they are eager to hear about it, your experience. And, yes. no, and no doubt that is one of the many reasons that, that you are here is because you you still have plenty to do. <laughs> <laughs> so do you. Yes. We both do. And you, yes. you spur me on, girl. You spur yes, me on. I've... I've I'd love to brainstorm at a, you know, obviously a different time and help yeah. help get you launched with the stream that you have. I, I, I would love that. I think that would be very, a wonderful challenge and very fulfilling all at the same time. I think you're right. I, you know what? I, you nailed it. You totally nailed it. That was so great. You like coached me through it. That's awesome. Because it just resonated in me when you when you said that. Ooh. I would, yeah, I would love to, to work with you on that. Maybe 
brainstorm on that even more and see where we can go with it. That sounds great. It's a date. Any any okay. any final words? Um, no, I was just really honored and pleased and overjoyed to share this time with you. Well, likewise, it's been. I love you very much. I love you too. You you your strength and your faith and your beauty both not just on the outside because that's so obvious but the inside your inside beauty really helps make you who you are and you are a force to be reckoned with for sure <laughs> <laughs> and that's thank a good thing you. that's a good thing thank you okay well i we will talk soon brainstorming okay. will continue I love you, and I'll let you know when this is all ready. All right. Love you, sweetheart. Thank love you, you too. so, so much, you and I really it. do want to connect with you. Yeah, that sounds great. Let's do it. Okay. okay. Thanks, sweetheart. Bye. Bye. See what I mean? Lisa is a warrior. She has things to say, things that need to be heard about love, faith, purpose, and intention. I hope I'm able to come alongside and help her brainstorm the most effective steps to take moving forward. If you have ideas or resources, please let us know. It really is beauty in motion when women gather for our collective good. We are definitely better together. Did you know there's a short blog for each episode at unabashedyou.com? Take a read before or after a listen. Want to be heard? Email us at unabashedyou at gmail.com. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts. Would you take a moment to rate and review us there? They don't collect any personal information, and it takes about a minute. It's a great way for the podcast to be discovered and to reach more and more women who can also be warriors. And now our blessing for today. Heavenly Father, thank you that nothing is impossible for you. Hear my prayer for a miracle. Fill me with faith that you can answer. What seems impossible to me is within your power. When I can't think of a solution, you are still able to act. Please help me believe that nothing I face in life can compare to you. You are the God of the impossible. Neither death or life, angels, or rulers, things present or future, height or depth, or anything else in all creation will be able to separate me from your love. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, amen. And that was written by Natalie Rigoli. Ladies, find the warrior within. Rise above your circumstances. Focus on today and tomorrow. Be unabashed. Be you. (laughs) 